Welcome to the Data Dump Podcast. This is a show where the crap I put in my head comes out. Some advice you might have come across if you were a programmer is that having a blog is a great way to have a repository of knowledge, tips, tricks against situations or challenges that you've come across and share that with an audience. But it doesn't just have to be for developers, data people, DBAs, data analysts. Um, we could also benefit from having a blog type structure uh, for a knowledge base. And I like that idea as a podcast. My hope is that you will be able to listen to some episodes and get something out of it, a jumping off point to explore your own ideas or data projects. I hope to release an episode about every two weeks. Topics will generally be around what I've been up to. I've taken a lot of MOOCs, so I can talk about how um, that's gone or is going. For example, I've uh, paid for uh, Udacity, I've paid for DataQuest, I've paid for a lot of little courses on Udemy, but I've also done uh, free things on all those uh, platforms as well. I've done edX, I've done Coursera, I've just done so many uh, little online classes. Uh, I've been to college, I'm in college right now, I can talk about uh, what I've been up to with that, like the last uh, class I had was really on spreadsheets. Uh, and pet projects, for example, uh, even though it's not even Halloween yet, I just had to uh, do a Secret Santa project for my family. So a lot of little things, I'll always be doing something and we won't run out of things to talk about. So who might you be? Maybe a future networking video caught your attention. A smaller channel, Data Talks on YouTube. Uh, he does some statistics, Python, and some machine learning and deep learning frameworks. Uh, it looks like he's been around for four years and is getting pretty close to having uh, 8,000 subscribers. Now there's a website called noxinfluencers.com and uh, it just breaks down some analysis on uh, people's YouTube channels and uh, according to this site Data Talks has a majority audience of female and uh, mostly between 25 and 34. Uh, less than uh, half of his audience is from US close but still less than half of his audience is from the United States India is a big slice now I'll probably be covering a lot of similar topics so uh, maybe you'll be uh, a female from the US between 25 and 34 maybe you'll be a female uh, from India between 25 and 34 uh, IT Pro TV uh, their YouTube channel has been around for a little bit longer than Data Talks, and they're a bigger company. Uh, Data Talks is just one guy, uh, where IT Pro TV is a whole fleet of uh, professional course instructors. I've uh, watched a lot of their content between getting the A plus and Network plus and Project plus too from CompTIA. So IT Pro's uh, YouTube channel, according to noxinfluencer.com. It's mostly, again, uh, 25 to 34-year-olds, uh, but this time it's male. And uh, they're predominantly from the United States, but there is still a, a big slice from India. Now, obviously, 
a podcast and a YouTube video isn't the same, but I think it gives me a quick idea and feel for the demographic that might be listening to me. This is probably a terrible strategy, too, to sort of wonder about who your audience is as you're making your content. But my guess, and this is just almost instinctually, that if you are out there, you're like me. Uh, maybe you have an advanced degree in mathematics and you just like to rip on people who aren't as smart as you. And uh, if that's you and that's what you're doing, great. You can leave a message uh, through my podcast host platform, Anchor. And I'd love to hear from you and uh, share what I've learned from you with my audience. So what have I been up to? I mentioned that my last class was on spreadsheets. Usually I'll rip into every little nugget of material given up on a subject. I'm paying for it. But I looked at it. I looked at the course objectives and I knew it was just going to be easy credits. Now I wouldn't call myself an Excel expert. I use it every day but just on some really niche stuff. But I really have no need to learn how to do H lookups and uh, V lookups because I don't know how to do that stuff. So October all in all has really been sort of an academic break for me. I played around with using some speed reading apps with my extra time. Now, since it's October and it's Halloween, I went over to Project Gutenberg and I grabbed a copy of Dracula. Now if you haven't used a speed reading app before, at least for me, it takes a little bit of getting used to. It feels almost like I'm on the Ebenezer, I'm plugged into the Matrix, and I'm learning Kung Fu. Now, after a while, I feel like you get used to it. The basic idea of how these speed reading apps work is that the words just flash across the screen one at a time at a really fast pace. And it's faster than you would normally read. And over time, you increase that speed. So eventually, you're supposed to reach a point when you just altogether remove subvocalization. So instead of reading a word and saying the word out loud in your head, that's going to slow you down. So once you remove that process, you're just supposed to zip through reading. I feel like I can do that with fiction when I'm into a book, uh, whether I'm physically reading a book or using a speed reading app. But I think most people do that. It's just like when you're you know, into a book, you're reading some piece of fiction, and it, in your mind's eye, it, it's more like watching a movie. You just see the images of the events that are happening. At least that's how it is for me, and I'm sure that's how it is for a lot of people. Now, I don't know how challenging it might be to attempt speed reading on a technical book. I imagine it's a bit of a different experience altogether. Now, there are lots of apps that you can try. Spreeder is free. There isn't any limitations on how fast you can set the words to go. So, you know, I like free. Spritz, S-P-R-I-T-Z, that's another popular uh, speed reader. Each word that flashes in front of the screen, the middle character on that word is going to be highlighted in red. It's sort of like having a serif on regular text in that the red center uh, character helps you quickly read the word. Now, Spritz is free with a cap on how fast you can go, but if you want to push your speed reading, you'd have to pay... I think it's $3 a month, like $2.99, or uh, $30, uh, I'm sorry, uh, $30 for a year, or, or like $29.99. Um, Andreas Mueller, the scikit-learn guy, 
he wrote a Spitz clone in JavaScript, and you can find uh, that on his GitHub page. We'll have a link to it, and I thought that was pretty awesome. He also wrote a popular uh, word cloud library, and I used that to make a uh, Dracula word cloud. I just found a, a free picture on Pixabay, which is a uh, picture site has a lot of free pictures that you should use without having to give any attribution and uh, I thought that came out kind of neat and if I can I'll make that the thumbnail for this podcast episode. If you're a developer or just a tinkerer you can check out PyPy that's P-Y-P-I dot org. Uh, I went there and typed in Santa and five minutes later I sent out a secret Santa list with restrictions on who can give uh, to who. I could have spent the time coding on something like that myself, but I didn't have to. So you might find a speed reading library there. Just you know, put it in a search bar and see what you get. Uh, you can, of course, go and look around on GitHub and play around with what other people have come up with. Like I said, Andreas Mueller, um, he had his uh, version on uh, GitHub. And you don't have to know how to code to just copy and paste text into a speed reader app. A lot of them, you don't even have to do that. You just click a button if it's a web-based page and it'll just speed read it for you. But if you can code, you can do yourself a favor and strip away non-alphanumeric text or apply some regex that will strip, uh, say, consecutive non-alphanumeric characters. Uh, it will probably depend on the book. Dracula wasn't really bad. But I also uh, did a speed read on Alice in Wonderland. I just thought it was an easy kid's book to, to really try. And sometimes there were whole sentences that were just like strung together by a hyphen. So it would flash as one word. And it's just really hard to read a whole sentence as if it's one word. That's it for my first Hello World episode. Next time I'll be talking about fallacies. I hope you can listen in again. You've been listening to Data Dump where the crap in my head comes out.